Blog Talk Radio. Hey, you guys, this is Carlos Torres, Major League Baseball player, and I've been around a lot of gloves in my life and my days, and I tell you what, go to VinciPro.com to check out real quality, best leather, best craftsmanship, everything all together, the whole package. Go to VinciPro.com. Head coach Mike Lucif. Coach, welcome to the show. It's always good to have a celebrity in town. Now, welcome to Lafayette, welcome to Kansas Dutch, or glad you're here. If you drink a Yoo-Hoo and you don't like it, I will give you your money back. And now, it's time for your host, Jared Rogel. And welcome to a very special weekend edition of TCRX, the Coach Road Show. I'm the coach, Jared Rogel. As always, we are brought to you by Vinci. Go check them out, vincipro.com, for all your baseball and softball glove needs. We are also, as always, live on the 100% Food Line. Check it out at 100% Food. And SpaceNutrientStation.com. That's SpaceNutrientStation.com. Today we are going to be talking NPS. We are opening up the phone lines. If you're listening to the show right now, make sure you jump on the line with us or jump in the chat room. The phone number to call in is 909-265-9107. That's 909 one zero seven. Want to bring in a couple people right now? We've already got some fans on the line. Um, Kevin Gallo, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Anthony Hartwig, how are you doing? Doing good. How about you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for being here. Jason Wong, are you on the line with us? I'm doing good. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. And uh, last but not least. We all love Strive Softball. Nate, what's going on, man? Not much. Ready to talk some NPS. All right. Well, Nate, let me start with you, man. When you look at the NPS, what do you enjoy the most about it? What, what do I what? What do you enjoy most about the NPS? I think uh, I like how accessible the players are, uh, how giving they are. I mean, there's there's not a fan that they'll turn down if they want an autograph, a picture, or anything, and you just don't see that in other sports. You know, I, I completely agree. I tweeted out something um, year before, season before this past season, so 2014. I tweeted out a picture after the after one of the Akron Racers games, and it was overlooking the field uh, post game with the autograph line. And I simply tweeted out, "This is the MCS." Um, you know, you're exactly right, man. These athletes actually care about their fans and understand that without the fans, this sport and this league does not exist in the future. Um, Kevin, let me go to you now. Kevin, you bring in a very interesting perspective um, to today's call. Having been a scout for the Cleveland Indians, when you are looking at these players, um, what comes to mind as far as things that you would consider – um, before you bring a player into a pro league? Well, for me, um, just the athleticism of all the, all the girls, all the women, I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, so I watch them make some plays that I know major leaguers aren't going to make just because of the shorter distance and how much shorter the, uh, the rubbers are to the plate. I mean, some of the plays that I see them do and the things that they can do with a softball, the rise ball, 
and the drop ball into them are not things you see with a baseball. So, I mean, just the, their ability, their overall athletic ability is just amazing to me. Anthony, let me go to you, man. What, first of all, Anthony, what are, who are some of your fighters in the way? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm an Akron Racers fan, so, of course, um, Taylor Slopey, uh, Cassie Tysarczyk. Um, outside of Akron, I'm, I'm really a big fan of uh, Bridget, um, Brittany Cervantes. I think her swing is just one of the best in the league, uh, and she brings a lot to the sport. Jason, same question to you, Matt. Who are some of your favorite players in the league right now? Well, right now I'm um, I'm with Anthony. I'm I'm strictly a Akron Racers fan, but um, I like Emily Aller. She's a great slapper, and she's just a heck of an athlete and a person outside of softball. Uh, really quick, want to take a second here to let everybody know that. Tickets are actually on sale right now. If you head over to uh, ProFastPitch.com, you can get your tickets for the 2016 NPF College Draft, which is, again, presented by Bonet. Um, It'll actually be held in Nashville at the Country Music Hall of Fame CMA Theater on April 14th. It's also going to air live on the uh, CBS Sports Network, again, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, 7 p.m. Central. Again, that'll be held in Nashville on April 14th. And really quick, also let everybody know, Monday, 11 a.m. Central time, right here on TCRS, with Oklahoma State head softball coach Kenny Gajewski, we will announce our top 10 position for position, or if you want to translate that into MMA or boxing, pound for pound, top list of seniors and I will tell everybody this right now you are going to be surprised that some of the people on the list that looks like we have another caller on the list uh, caller go ahead hey Jared how are you I'm doing well what's your name it's uh, Eric Eric man how, how, Eric, is this Eric Katz from, uh, from Chicago Yes, sir. Good. We finally got a Chicago Bandit fan on instead of having all the Akron Racer fans on, man. Um, Eric, you now, Eric, you've actually been with the Bandits, um, you know, in a position with their team. What what attracts you so much to not only the Chicago Bandits but also the NPS? Well, originally my dad had emailed me about the um, opportunity. I didn't really know much. I had heard about the league because, you know, I remember when the bands were on the front page or in the newspaper, you know, back when um, Jenny Finch was around. And also Christina Storson, Stacey May, and all them when the bandits were first around. And I just, okay. it's the best softball players in the world, you know, like the former Olympians are even in it. Like, you know, when Kat Osterman was there, Kelly Creshman, Caitlin Lowe, it just attracted me so much that you could see these Olympians, which you hadn't heard about in a while since, you know, the last time softball was in the Olympics, to actually watch these people play and see just how good they really are instead of um, watching instead of watching them just on, tele- just on a, like, television every so often. Well, back when the Olympics were on, you could see them live. And also the fact that the NPF, they just eliminate, you know, you know that whole bubble in pro sports where you can't cross that bubble to be with them? Yep. That whole invisible bubble thing? Definitely. 
definitely. No, we were uh, – Eric, it's good you brought that up. We were actually talking about that earlier. Just as far as the overall access and the players being accessible, whether, you know, before or after games or uh, even via social media, they're out there, you know, um, interested in the fans and, and willing to interact with them. Um, let's go back around to everybody. Uh, Nate, let me go to you, man. You do a whole lot of stuff just getting – being able to have that access to the players, what are some of the things you have coming up that um, fans of the NPS should know about as far as uh, promotions and uh, giveaways? I think uh, to kick off the season, we're going to try to do a really big giveaway. I've got five to ten signed helmets. Uh, we got a lot of player cards that are being signed right now, uh, some shirts. I won't say necessarily who's signing them. But uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff to give away just to kick the season off. And maybe we'll do something just before the draft just to uh, catch as much interest as we can for the league. Definitely. We're going to take a quick break here on TCRS. We're going to be right back after this in about 30 seconds. Hey, this is Ashley Carter, former professional softball player for the Pennsylvania Rebellion. Make sure you guys check out VincyPro.com, makers of high-quality baseball and softball equipment. Make sure you don't go on the field without it. And go on VincyPro.com to check out and get your own very custom glove and use discount code HC01 to get 15% off your total score today. If you drink a Yoo-Hoo and you don't like it, I will give you your money back. And now it's time for your host, Jared Rogel. And we're back here, on a again, on a very special Saturday edition of TCRS. few quick show reminders. This Monday, um, 11 a.m. Central Time, Kenny Gajewski will join me as he hosts TCRS with me every Monday between now and the end of the college season. Tuesday, 10 a.m. Central Time. You do not want to miss this coming Tuesday show, 10 a.m. Central Time. Texas State assistant coach Cat Osterman will return to TCRS. And for those that don't know, Cat was actually back, was actually on TCRS back in 2008 during the KFC Bound for Beijing tour when she was with the U.S. Women's National Team. So it'll be great to have Cat on. We'll talk about Texas State. We'll talk a little bit about um, her career coming to an end in the NPS, and then. We'll obviously talk about their matchup that they will have against um, some of the teams that will be going down there to start the season with the Century Link Classic there at Texas State next weekend. But, um, Kevin, let's start back around, go to you really quick. When you look at this league and you look at just the way that um, the league operates from a schedule standpoint, not only having games in – the home city territories, but also having games in other areas such as Colorado, Kansas City. You know, Pennsylvania Rebellion had some games in some other areas like York um, as well last year. Hopefully they'll do that again. Kevin, what are your thoughts on that and just how that's able to help spread the league across the nation right now? Well, for me, the first game I went to go see was right outside of Cleveland. And it wasn't wasn't a racers game. It was a... uh, Rebellion in uh, Pride game. So, I mean, that was like the, one of the first games I got. We, myself and my daughter and my family, ever wanted to go see. I mean, I love the fact that they spread out and they are trying to grow a fan base. I think that's an extremely great idea. And I wish, I mean, I'd love to see them keep, continue to do it. 
Anthony, let's go can down I, the line. Can, I, same can I add up on that? Yeah, go ahead. This is Jason. Jason, go ahead. Yeah, um, um, I was talking to somebody at the racers, and they were saying how some of the colleges don't even know about the NPF. And I thought it would be a great idea if, if the NPF teams could go to, like, a lot of colleges and have some regular season games or maybe even – or even, or even have competitions like the pro teams against the college teams, just to get just to get the NPF name out there, so all the colleges know about the NPF. Because, like I said, I heard that not all colleges know about the NPF, and just to get everybody to know about it would be would be great. Anthony, let me go to you on this question. When you think about possible expansion opportunities for the NPF, you know, I look at, obviously, with Chicago having a team, St. Louis would be an awesome place, not just because I live here, but because you automatically have that built-in rivalry, you know, St. Louis-Chicago as well as Kansas City, Oklahoma City as well. What are some places, Anthony, that you would like to see the NPF possibly extend to as they look at future expansion? Well, uh, I went to a USA game in Kansas City, and they packed that place. So I think um, that venue has proven that they can draw a crowd, and that's really important for the MPF to prove to people that would fund a new team that they can draw crowds in that area. So I think when they go places and they draw, like, the biggest crowds that that venue has seen in a while, like um, the worldwide, the ESPN place in Florida, they drew the biggest crowd that that place has seen in years last year. So when they can prove that they can draw a crowd that's really big for um, telling the money people that can fund a team that they can support a team there. So I think Kansas City is a really big spot. Nate, what are your thoughts? What, what do you think some good cities would be for the MPS to expand into? Uh, I think maybe Georgia. I think uh, they got to take advantage of the SEC popularity. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be Georgia, but somewhere down there. And I'm sure at some point in time we're going to see a team a little bit further west than Texas again. I know you know they've had Arizona before and some others, but eventually California's got to get on board. I don't know how it works for you know as far as scheduling and stuff. If it makes it tough, but it's going to happen. I mean, there's there's too many studs coming out of California for there not to be the fan base out there, in my opinion. Uh, Eric, you're still with us. Being in Chicago, what would you think about St. Louis getting a team in the MPF? It would it would add to a great like whole like it would add to like that Midwest rivalry. You know how the Bandits have it with the um with the um Akron Racers with them being located in the Midwest, but St. Louis would be absolutely terrific because it would only add more more to that rivalry. It would add someone else for the Bandits to face off with. Like I remember years ago when you remember the um old Rockford Thunder. Yep. Um, they had that whole rivalry going because that was located in Illinois. I mean, Rockford's a little bit of a ways from from Rosemont, but still, they, and wherever the Bandits were playing at the time, I believe in uh, Eldrin, they they would they would have that whole new rivalry going. It would be kind of like something similar to you know Cubs Cardinals. Definitely, definitely. I'm going to throw this out to anybody, um, and here as you guys talked about. Um, possibly heading down into SEC territory. 
don't forget, anybody listening to the show, that the MTF Championship Series this year has nerved. Really stoked about this. Having it at the University of Alabama um, August 19th through the 23rd. Again, just jump on uh, profactpitch.com. You guys can get more information about that as well. Um, really quick, too. Opening weekend is going to feature, I'm glad we got some uh, Akron fans on, opening weekend will feature a matchup between the Pennsylvania Rebellion and the Akron Racers, um, which will start on May 31st. When you guys look at your Akron Racers team this year, and anybody can jump in and, and answer this, how do you think Akron is going to stack up this year? Well, they Akron I'm, is, I'm, okay. Um, well, I think Akron they're do they're they're gonna have a little more speed than than, than they had last year with with um, trading Jill Barrett to the Bandits, and they they added AJ Andrews, which AJ Andrews I mean she is she is very fast and she's a very um very good fielder. She was on the, that championship team with the Bandits. I think if they add more since they added a little bit more speed, they'll be able to. Also, I can see them moving moving um, Ashley Thomas over to shortstop because that's actually her natural position and actually drafting a second baseman, considering how deep the class is this year, they can possibly go after someone like someone with the likes of um, Sierra or Romero or somebody else because the second base class is deep this year. Anybody else? I would say okay, yeah. where they're sitting, they're going to have to – got to add a bat in the draft. You cannot replace Jill and Narissa Myers. With just what we have there, I mean, you, you're going to have to bring in a big bat, and, and someone else can put the ball in play all the time. And with first, yeah, and, with, with two two uh, first round draft picks, back to back, we can get a pitcher, and they can get a hitter, so they can't. They got a lot of choices too. Yeah, Lexi in a racing uniform. They need depth in the pitching because they lost Lisa Norris, too. People can't forget that. And she brought a lot of depth mm-hmm. to that pitching staff. And uh, losing, losing Joe Baird is big because she was one of the people that would put the ball in play. Uh, situational hitting was a problem for them last year. They left way too many people on base. So they yep. need someone yep. that can come in and hit in clutch situations. Nate, let me, Nate, let me go to you. When you look at the other teams, in the league, what stands out to you as far as players that will that have already been announced as being signed for next season? I think the scrapyard dogs are making a killing, um, getting all these yeah, players absolutely. from Texas. They're, they're getting some really big names already, and that's a big step for them coming into the league. Yeah, I think with uh, – I don't know if everybody realizes how good Sarah Nevins is. I think she is – Awesome. She's probably better than Jackie Trena. I mean, you have those two already, plus you know whoever they draft. That the, the scrapyard dogs look good right now. All right, so let's let's talk about this. One of the things that you know, I think, really separates some of these athletes is the fact that. You know, they are able to play multiple positions. You know, you, you look at Akron, they have a ton of players that can play multiple positions. Um, you look at some of the other players in the league, especially when you get to Pennsylvania, they can do that as well. What do you guys like about players coming into the league that are able to go out there and be versatile for your team? 
in softball in general, it, it's pretty common to find that girl that's listed as utility, utility infielder. I, and they start these girls from, you know, their early years in travel ball to play multiple positions. You fill in in case you're the hot bat or somebody else is the hot bat. I mean, it's, it's interesting to see. You don't see it in baseball, that's for sure, but I enjoy it. I mean, if a girl's got a hot bat and somebody else is stepping up to you, you can play them both and you don't lose nothing. Oh, yeah, I like how I like how they're all verse versatile, where they can do both field and pitch and bat. One of the big things that a lot of people look at when they're looking at the MPF is also the length of stay, you know, by by the managers, by the coaching staff. What I really like is the fact that, and I want to get uh, Nate, we'll start with you on this one. What are your thoughts on how a couple of the teams are now keeping their managers and their coaching staff in place? Obviously, you guys with Akron, being Akron fans, you've got to love the fact that that continuity is going to now be there for another year uh, with Brian re-signing. You know, who, unless something crazy happens up in Chicago, Eric, you would think coming off a championship season – that you all are going to have, you know, Coach Michael back. Um, and then, you know, who knows what happens in Pennsylvania. We know Dallas has already um, have put in place a very good coaching staff, and then who knows what's going to happen with Scrapyard Dogs. But, Nate, let's start with you on that point. What are, what are your thoughts just on the how good it is that teams are starting to kind of keep that coaching staff in place for multiple seasons now? Oh, I think it uh... – it makes the league more legitimate because uh, it shows that the coaches trust that the league's going to be there. Um, I think it helps as far as trust with the players. And you know, once you you don't you aren't learning the players every single year anymore. You don't have the guys jumping, new new people coming in, somebody jumping in the next year. It makes a big difference. But I know as far as with Akron, if Joey loves you, you're coming back. I mean, that's a it's a definite family atmosphere, and she's got two good coaches right there. Anybody else want to jump in on that? Eric, talk about your team, man. I know, like I said, unless something crazy happens, you've got to believe that that coaching staff is coming back. Well, knowing uh, Aaron Moore, Aaron's fortunate to have, to be like really the first coach to actually, actually, excuse me, the first general manager to actually, you know, keep his coaches around from from year to year. But but the advantage Aaron has is – um. Is Stu is like Stu is around the area, and also having Coach Sturwald be like be around. He's a great coach, a great aggressive coach. Like the the girls, they won't have to learn a new style of play. Like let's just say the one coach is all power, all power, swing away, swing away, and then one coach wants to play small ball. That kind of confuses the confuses the style of play for the girls. Like you know, you get used to one play, but you get but you don't get but you have to adjust for the adjust for the other. I mean. Having the same coaching staff is consistently around is starting to put a little more legitimacy into the league. Like sometimes, regarding um the other teams, you have to like rent. You basically rent a coach, like because they're still the, the college obviously has to um, approve approve of them leaving or whatever other team they're coaching. But if you have a coach that is consistently around, the girls like that. They'll trust they'll trust that coach more because they've seen him before. They know him, and also that coach knows knows what makes that girl tick. Kevin, you've had, you've been on the on 
the side of it is again as far as the uh, scouting side. When when you talk to players, um, you know within baseball, I mean it's same within softball as well about coaching staffs remaining in place for a while, and you know obviously I'm a lot more common there. What are what are your thoughts as far as how good it is for the league to have these coaches now that are staying around for a couple of seasons? Oh, it's a great thing. I mean, it shows stability. It shows the stability of the league. It shows the stability for not only the fans and for the players. I mean, if you're looking at players that are coming into coming into the organizations, they're like, oh, am I going to play for a different coach every year? I mean, even at the major league levels, changing signs and, well, am I going to have this coach for for a number of years or am I going to have to deal with someone else next year type situation? It just shows stability for the for the, the women and everything else. So, so it's a great, it's a great thing. And for the, sorry. Now, let me let me jump in here before we wrap up the show. I'm just going to go down the line. Um, Kevin, we'll start with you. Really quick, really short answers. Kevin, one thing that you think would improve the NPS from a fan standpoint? From a fan standpoint? There's not a lot as far as I'm concerned from a fan standpoint. I wish there were more teams. I'd love to see them expand even more in the coming years. It would be my biggest thing. I'd love to have them have one in Indianapolis. It'd be awesome. <laughs> Anthony, fan standpoint, man, what would what would improve? What should the NPF approve on? Moving the championship around so it's closer to each team every year. So I don't have to go to Alabama every year. From Akron. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, go ahead. What would you like to see the league improve? That's what I like Anthony's idea. Like, have uh, championships in different cities of where the teams are located instead of, like, having it in one place, just like the kind of like baseball. Nate. I mean, it's kind of out of their hands, but we definitely need more corporate sponsorships because – too many girls have to make a decision to play this year or not play this year. And I'm the kind of guy that gets attached to a player. I want to see them next year and the next year and the next year. But, I mean, that's out of their hands. Good answer, Nate. <laughs> Eric. Yeah. What What's one um, thing that the league should improve on? I think that they should have the championship be played like at whoever um whoever the top seed is for that year. Like if it's the Pride, and then it then it can play at the Pride's Park. If it's the Racers, and it's played at the Racers Park, or they can have it at Chicago Stadium because Chicago's is the only softball stadium only only stadium in the league. I mean, except for um Firestone Stadium, obviously, which was originally a minor league baseball park, but having it in Chicago, I mean, I remember I heard about one year when they had it there, it was a success. I'm talking, Jared. I think. I think some of us can attest to that place was sold out pretty pretty quickly yep. and it was rocking during that series. Guys, listen up. Thank you very much. Definitely appreciate all you guys uh, being here. This has been TCRS, the Coach Road Show, brought to you by Vinci. Check them out, VinciPro.com. We are, as always, have been on the 100% food line. Check it out, SpaceNutrientStation.com. Don't forget to be here this Monday, as always on Mondays, 11 a.m. Eastern, my co-host, the head coach of Oklahoma State softball, Kenny Gaieski, will join me again. We're going to announce the top 10 
position for position for the seniors. Um, this coming Tuesday, another reminder for Tuesday's show, 10 a.m. Central Time, Kat Osterman, assistant coach at Texas State, will be on. And until next time, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter. The uh, handle for Abby and Blake on Twitter is at PCR Show. You can also jump on Facebook and follow the show. That is Facebook.com slash The PCR Show. That's Facebook.com slash The PCR Show. Until next time, later times, everybody. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yep. Great job. Thanks.